I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, ma. A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The real Brian show. Oh dear Lord, where the heck did February go? Gosh, that's March Madness, by the way. Let's get crazy today, shall we? We've got some interesting things that we are nerding out on this week. We're excited to share it, but you know, we're also just excited to see what comes because, in my opinion, anything goes here, right? Or should I say, right, mate? That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Actually, let's rock it. <laughs> what was that from? Uh, right. <laughs> Austria. Dude, that's Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's so great. Uh, I forgot. I love that. I was just giving a lecture on a paper that I wrote, you know? I'm a little late. My driver's a little lost. <laughs> let's put another shrimp on the bob and let's not. We also love to drive around town in a, in, a, in a van that looks like a puppy dog. Wouldn't that be awesome? No, but I like the idea of the of the, the limo. Sounds good, actually. So, yeah, that, that whole uh, giant sheepdog thing was, was quite the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty cool, but hey, maybe not. Maybe it would be fun. Anyway. Well, welcome. Welcome to The O'Brien Show. Thanks for joining us. We're all about fun here, man. We're going to have a good time today. We've got a lot to talk about. I have to share this story, though, that I thought was really cool. You know, we're always talking about what are we drinking and stuff. And, you know, typically it's been... I've had some interesting drinks lately, though, but I've been doing a lot of tea to keep the voice. But I thought, I need to go out. I haven't been out in a long time, you know, as far as going to get something for the show. And also, it's like 66 or something outside right now. It's the middle of winter. Yeah. We've had negative temperatures Beautiful. and I'm like, I got to get outside. I got to get, you know, open the sunroof, get some sunshine, get a car wash, get a, get a coffee. So I go to this coffee shop and it's a drive through and I'm looking and I'm looking and I, usually I just kind of get the same thing. I do get like an espresso or just something, you know, fun or whatever, but I don't yeah. usually branch out too much because it's like this, the same old things and I don't know. So I said, do you have a secret menu or something that, you know, you, you, <laughs> don't advertise or something you, you would only make. give to the cool kids yeah and he's like actually we do and i'm like all right what is it so he goes through some of them and then he says peanut butter chocolate chip cookie dough white chocolate mocha essentially and i'm like yes i'll have that <laughs> what's your soup du jour I can feel myself i can feel myself gaining weight when oh you said that yeah That's- but i said half half sweet because I, I don't want it to be like a giant sugar bomb. But then also, they use milk from our local dairy, which is the stuff that we always talk about with the eggnog, you know? So good. Yeah. I'm... So I say, let's just make that, man. <sighs> Have some fun. And he, uh, he comes back and he says, it's on me. And I'm like, wait, what? They've never done this what? at this coffee shop before. Never. And he's like, well, I, I mean, I suggested it. I figured, you know, you try it that way. If you don't like it, no big deal. But, you know, hopefully you like oh. it. But it's on me, man. You don't owe me a thing. And I'm just like, okay. You're what a amazing. rock star. Holy cow. Unleashing of the superhero. So chocolate. <laughs> it's a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie dough, white chocolate. Here we go. You ready? Are you drinking anything while I'm taking a sip here? No, dude, I don't even have, I don't even have water today. It's kind of ridiculous. That's good. <laughs> you don't even have water. How do you, how do you, uh, you know, like coat the, 
you know, the vocal cords over there. You know, I, it's ironic. And I think I've told you this when we were gaming before is when I, when I drink water, especially cold water, it actually irritates my throat. I like get yeah. I cough more. It mm-hmm. itches my throat more. It's really weird. So I, I drink a lot of water, just not mm-hmm. while we're recording necessarily. That's, so that's not uncommon by the way. Cold, well, that's good. Yeah. They do say that. Well, so I've heard the, have the hot water. That's why I drink a lot of tea is for the mm-hmm. vocal cords. But then they also say that actually warm is better than hot. So, and I can't drink steaming hot anyway. So I know I got my tea here as well, but you know, right now I'd say it's, it's on the, the cool, it's on the warm to almost hot side, but I'll drink it. You know, it's, it's more Luke, Luke hot. <laughs> Luke hot. Luke what, so Luke, hot. Luke so hot. I wonder, I wonder what the science is behind uh, cold water or, and especially ice water making my throat itch. I don't know about itch, but I do know that cold, you know, it shrinks things. So it's probably not allowing things to be as, um, I was in the pool. (laughs) I was in the pool. I want to shout out to the Wraith, by the way, Wraith. Thank you so much. I mean, we were going to put this towards the end of the episode, but last time we didn't have time for it because we get so verbose. I'm going to play this right now. We talked about the expanse probably a month ago now talking about, you know, how the final thoughts on the season, the the series finale, the wrap and everything. And we shouted right. out to the Wraith and said, he does a podcast, as I mentioned. Uh, right. on it. Well, he did actually, it's, it's done now. But uh, so I was asking, what were your thoughts on the expanse and how it wrapped and, you know, was it good and that kind of thing? So we asked him, he sent a great voice message in. So why don't we play it now so that, uh, yeah. you know, we have time. Hey yeah. there, Regal Brian and Captain Influence. Mark Decote here from Ontario, Canada. First off, Ooh. I want to thank you for mentioning my podcast, Tales from the Rosinante, during your review of the television show, The Expanse. It's the only way to fly. I loved hearing that. And if you have any listeners who are fans of The Expanse, they can come over to solotalkmedia.com and check out the podcast. But I wanted to point out something that Captain Influence, sorry, but you got something wrong. Uh-oh. You Ooh. mentioned the Laconia storyline and how they probably didn't know that it was going to be their last season. And that's why they put that part of the story in and we never got closure mm-hmm. on it. But that's not true. You see, Ooh. at the end of season four, The Expanse was actually renewed for two season with the knowledge that season six would be the final season. So knowing that, that this was going to be their last season, they still opted to include that Laconia stuff. Now, that may seem like a strange choice since, as I said, we never got any closure on that part of the story, but there's actually a very good reason for that. You see, when Amazon acquired the rights to The Expanse from Sci-Fi after the show's cancellation, Sci-Fi canceled it after three seasons, then there was a big uproar from the fans and all that stuff, and Amazon ended up picking it up. Well, in the contract that Amazon signed with Sci-Fi, it stipulated that they can do three seasons. If they wanted to do more than three seasons, they would need to renegotiate the contract. But the contract also stipulated that Amazon had the rights to do any movies or spinoff series based on The Expanse. Really? And that's what we believe is going on behind the scenes. Instead of renegotiating to do more seasons of The Expanse, Amazon is just going to do whatever they can. I don't know if they have to renegotiate with sci-fi or whatever to do either a spin-off series or a movie or something. A musical. Now, we do know that <laughs> Ty Franks and Daniel Abrams, the uh, two authors who make up the pen name James S.A. Corey, who yep, are, right. wrote The Expanse, 
Both of them have said in interviews that there are other things in the works at Amazon regarding The Expanse. But of course, they can't go into details about what that might mean. Jerks. But the showrunners did a great job at where they brought an end to the series. You see, in the books, there's actually a 30-year gap between Babylon's Ashes, which is the book that the sixth season of the television show is based on, and the next book, Persepolis Rising. And that book is very heavy into the whole Laconia stuff. Quick pause. Right. That's what you were telling me, Captain, when we were gaming, yes. is there's that 30-year gap and talking about, you know, a certain character. So, all right, keep, keep going, though. So it yeah, made the perfect jump-off opportunity where the whole Marco story ends and then the next mm-hmm. story picks up 30 years into the future. Yeah. So it makes okay. sense to stop the series here now and then either start a new series or do a movie or whatever. We don't know if they're going to do live action. They may do animated. We don't know. But we do know that Amazon is working on some stuff with The Expanse. So it should be back. The other thing that got me That's very good. excited is at the end of the last episode... If you watch the series, the credits at the end of every episode showed you the ring gate, and then the credits would just roll on top of the ring gate. Well, the last episode, if you go back and watch the credits, first of all, the ring gate is different because you see the little red splotches from the uh, the ring aliens, the creatures that ended up killing Marco yeah. and some other ships made them disappear. Spoiled. You see the little red the ships, splotches yeah. in the, the ring gate. <laughs> Haven't seen it yet. But if you wait <laughs> right till the end of the credits, as you're watching it, you see something in the middle of the gate that's getting bigger and bigger. Oh. And then you notice that it's actually a ship that is on the other oh, side of the gate the, approaching the gate to come through. Which one? It's the, what's it called? It's, it's the Laconian battleship oh. that keeps showing at the beginning of every episode in, in, in the last season. Yeah. So it's not a giant space termite. It, it's this giant ship in orbit around Laconia. What, you don't even know mm. what's Laconia. Uh, and again, I don't even know what's This is all yet. great information. This is yeah. great information, but I really wish this was more intuitive. Yeah. In the show. Because nobody watching the show, unless they dig into it like the Wraith did, is going to know this stuff. Well, the Wraith is in deep, by the way. Like, we're talking deep. Yeah. So, you know, he just knows Seriously. everything that's going on when it comes to the show. Which and he's is been great. Studying. Yeah. Awesome. But you're right. I mean, that's without awesome. someone like him, we wouldn't know. And, that's and good. right before the credits end, you take a look at that ship. I, I took a screenshot for my podcast, and it looks like the ship that we saw orbiting Laconia in the, uh, in the series. So that yeah, got me cool. really excited about what's coming next. I hope so it rest does. assured really that the good. writers knew what they were doing with the whole Laconia storyline. Okay. They were setting us up for the next chapter of The Expanse whenever it does come and whatever format it comes in. But there will definitely be something more. So I'm glad you enjoyed the series. Wow. And once again, if anybody wants to listen to my podcast, it's The Expanse podcast, Tales from the Rosinante, and you can find it at solotalkmedia.com. Thanks, guys. And thank you, Wraith. Seriously, yeah. that was awesome. And, you know, I, I'm i not going to lie. Like, if you have not seen The Expanse at all and you're a sci-fi fan, you're really missing out, truthfully. I mean, you're there's really a lot of... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we talk a lot about, oh, you know, I love The Mandalorian or I hate The Mandalorian or, you know, Star Wars isn't like it used to be or Star Trek isn't like it used to be. And I'm like, why are you focusing your time on those shows right now when you can be watching The Expanse? Like, that's a... You know, Mandalorian and Star Trek, modern Star Trek are here and Expanse is up here. So Yo, totally. watch yeah. the Expanse. Expanse is, That's sci-fi. Yeah. The Expanse is closer to what was called hard sci-fi. In other words, it's yeah. more, the, the physics are more realistic in the books, at least. Uh, they, they fudged it a little bit in the show just for artistic license, but 
you know, to make it less tedious. But in the books, it's very physics. I mean, more or less very physics oriented. It's a more realistic mm-hmm. futurism. You know, I said last season, the season five and all that, where I was like, ah, you know, it wasn't as good as the previous seasons. It was mm-hmm. still consistently better as a whole than some of the more recent sci-fi that we've seen and talked about on the show and bigger franchises. Yeah. 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 And bigger franchises. So I think there's a, there's something very important to be said about that is it's, it's a phenomenal show if you've not seen it. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. The, yeah. And the coolest thing about the expanse, the show is that it, for the most part, each season, again, for the most part, each season follows one book. Again, there's a little bit of crossover here and there and and characters coming in earlier than they did in the books. But really, I mean, if you watch the seasons, you're essentially seeing what's in the book more or less. So, and I appreciate that. I mean, they didn't just take the books and and make their own thing based on the books. Uh, You can tell that the authors, the Wraith just implied that they were directly involved uh, based on interviews with them. So that's that's nice. They didn't take stupid liberties. There were were also no agendas at all. None. I mean, it was just a great show. Those books are fantastic. Yep. Starting with Leviathan. Leviathan Wakes is the first one. The final one just came out a couple months ago. Leviathan Falls. The movies would be okay, but I hope they do a whole new series because the series was so good. Keep it going. Keep the same actors involved. Just keep going. I was going to ask uh, who your favorite character is in The Expanse, by the way. Amos, hands down. Yeah, yeah I was going to say the same thing. Both in the, both in the, in the series and in the books, Amos nice. is the best character. Yeah, that's He's so funny. Awesome. I was going to yeah. say Amos is my favorite character and, and he really is. He's just one of those guys that, you know what I love about him? is that he's a fun character. He's kind of mysterious, but then there's also this, like you just like the guy you want to like him. He does a lot of things that you go, he's kind of a dork or he's kind of mean. And then you're like, but he's really not. He's just, he's got, there's mystery. He's got a past. There's something going on, but man, he's a likable guy. He's a very grounded person. Look yeah. forward to uh, seeing what goes of uh, what he- I hope this goes well, but Mark Ray, thank you. That was, that was awesome. Great information. That was great. Yeah. Today, the new Batman just came out. Uh, <laughs> my my question is this do we really need another batman really i mean we have batman yeah. from the what 60s then we have the 1989 batman with michael keaton and then we've got you know that those those two movies with the tim burton michael keaton and then of course they brought in val kilmer and then they bring in george clooney right. and those last two were meh then, then ben affleck no, or not even then. The then they get Bale into, first, yeah, right? Christian Bale with the Batman Begins, which was awesome. And that trilogy Easily was fantastic. The and then, the then they get Batfleck, which I didn't mind him. I know a lot of people absolutely hated him, but I, I mean, I thought he was fine. He was the, the product of, of not the best writing and, and direction in general right. and all that. And that was too yeah, bad. But I mean, I thought fault. he did okay. okay. And honestly, yeah. I liked kind of where they went with that. But that was just a few years ago. Just. And right. oh, now we have a brand new one with Robert Pattinson. Oh, yep. how many are they? They just keep rebooting, man. It's like, when are they going to be? They, they're going to reboot Spider-Man here soon, too, and just kick out Tom Holland. Yeah, they're probably going to keep doing it for decades, dude. Three generations from now, say, okay, let's say the year 2100. They're going to have a new Batman. It's going to keep going. As long as society's still around, we're going to have more Batmans. Oh, we're going to have more Spider-Mans. I forgot that there's the animated Batmans, too. And there were oh, yeah, people. Yeah. I never watched those, but a lot of people well, were into those. those. So think really about good. this. In our lifetime... We have had every single iteration of Batman with the exception of the 1960s version. Right. We've had right. all of the rest. So our generation <laughs> would be like, which one's our generation? I don't know. They're all our generation. Daggummit. We're the, we're the bat generation. So there you go. Clearly the interesting thing so far. Now granted the movie just came out today, 
but a lot of people have the privilege of previewing the movie, you know, for reviews and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Last I checked, it was 9.2 out of 10 on IMDb. And that was Whoa. with quite a few ratings too. Now I know that's going to go down. It will. But the fact that it wasn't already out of the box, like a six or something, I was expecting that. And all of, not all of the comments, but I've seen numerous comments saying hands down the most realistic Batman I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Which so, gives me hope. It does give me, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm now, now I'm suddenly a little more excited for the movie <laughs> because my initial reaction, when you said we have another Batman, uh, you know, that, we go that reaction was not only was born from here we go again, but it was also born from the fact that the previews, in my opinion, were kind of lackluster. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really, they didn't make me want to go see that movie. This has happened before previews sometimes undersell a movie, the matrix. Same thing. Yeah. Sometimes the marketers get it wrong. And it's maybe true. this is that one of those cases. I don't know. It's one of those things where once again, it's like, do we need another Batman? Really? No, but it's, it's familiar. And I know a lot of people really love the familiar right now, but that frustrates me. There are a lot of superheroes out there that yeah. no one has done anything with, or they haven't yeah. like, we need another shadow one because I mean the last shadow iteration was 1994 and before that it was a radio show in the thirties you know, and then it was right. the comics. So it's like, crazy? give us something, G- give us some stuff that needs to be redone in like, but done in the right way or just do you know, something that hasn't been done before. There are so many projects out there in Hollywood right now that we don't know anything about kind of like with DARPA, you know, uh, with defense, the defense industry, there's all these projects that are in various stages of completion in the entertainment industry. We can't know about, we won't know about for months or years, keeping that in perspective and realizing that that stuff is out there. And there's, you know, probably hundreds of different scripts that are in some version of development right now where they're saying, okay, we're going to make this a new movie. Then they start developing it. Sometimes it takes them a couple of years. Sometimes it takes them a decade, whatever. That's just exciting to me that just knowing that that's out there, things are just c- going to continue to accelerate entertainment wise. Yeah. That's see where really it goes. Cool. All right, man. So uh, what are you nerding out on right now? I had a uh, physical uh, in early February around my birthday. Actually, it was on my birthday. My blood work strongly suggested that I finally get serious about eating better. Ah, dang it. So how, how many of us have heard that, right? Yeah. Like, Captain, you, don't, you don't look like you need to eat better. What are you talking about? Well, I appreciate that. There was a, there was a comedian. Yeah, they absolute agree. <laughs> there was a comedian, uh, Tim Hawkins, by the way, and he was always like, what the heck is it with? Like when we're kids, we're not allowed to eat that stuff because our parents wouldn't let us or we didn't have the money. Then as soon as we get old enough to eat what we want and have the money to eat what we want, we're told we're not allowed to because it's going to hurt our health. Come on. Yeah, but it <sighs> does hurt our health. <laughs> I know. It's like you got to get that stuff out of your out of your system when you're young. And most of us did. I mean, come on. Look at how nuts we went on Halloween. Speak for Seriously. yourself. You know, so I, I'm starting to take things a little more seriously now, albeit somewhat reluctantly because I mean, come on, who doesn't? I mean, I liked having a cookie once in a while or a, or a milkshake once in a while. And I do mean once in a while. It's not something I, I wasn't going nuts, but now I'm having to cut back on even those once in a while's to be more once in a while. You know what I mean? So I've eliminated heavy carb based snacks like my favorite pretzels and I've substituted like cranberry almond kind bars and carrots. I like mini carrots. Now a dietitian will tell you, stay away from the carrots. They have too much sugar. Well, really? Come on. I, 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 yeah. yeah uh, a friend, okay. a friend of mine went to one of those, you know, those diet places you That's can push like, like those, uh, those um, storefront diet places where you can go get on a plan he went to one of those. This was years ago. He went to one of those. He was kind of a big guy. And he told me that they told him to cut the carrots. And I was like, really wow. carrots? And so that's, so that's never, that's always stuck in my head that he said that. 
well, I'm eating carrots. Sorry. I eat, I eat some mini carrots every day until I get diabetes. I'm going to keep eating carrots once in a while. So I don't know anyone personally who has gone on a diet and stuck with it for the rest of their life. It's almost a recipe to fail. You're, you're no pun intended. Yeah. You're probably going to fail if you go on a diet. So it is that lifestyle that is in balance. Right. And honestly, like carrots, okay. They have, sh- it's like saying, don't ever eat fruit again. And there is right. a truth to that because of the sugar and fruit. But then there's also the truth that there's fiber and fruit too. And so your body breaks down the fruit very differently because of the fiber than it does if you're drinking beer yes. or if you're, you know, just eating plain candy bars or something like that. Clearly, right? Or or pretzels that your body just turns into sugar. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's also this huge thing too, where a lot of people will say, you know, like I'm, I'm counting calories and this has less. And it's like, well, keep in mind too, that not every calorie is equal because if you eat 2,500 calories of, of pretzels and sugar and beer and stuff like that, and, or you eat 2,500 calories of vegetables, it's okay to eat the same amount of calories. But when they say to like restrict calories, there's a truth to that, but then there's also a, but you're missing the actual, what the calorie is too. And so I would say eat your carrots, man. The point is my physical got me to really stop and say, okay, fine. I'm the the honeymoon's over. I've got to not go on a diet, but I have to change my lifestyle a bit as far as snacking goes, especially. So I was looking on good news network again, as I typically do. And according to this article on good news network, there's a large meta analysis and a meta analysis where they collate, uh, collate the data from several smaller studies. This large meta analysis has found that if a 20 year old woman replaces refined grains such as white flour, white, white bread, white rice mm-hmm. with legumes like beans, lentils, peanuts, peas, uh, and whole grains and increases her intake of fish and nuts. She's likely to add 10 years of life expectancy Wow! Uh, via V via V heart disease and cancer. Interesting. Well, yeah, that makes sense. While, while a 20 year old man could add 13 years to their life expectancy. Now I'm thinking, mm. I'm thinking why the discrepancy I'm guessing that the discrepancy is that women already are tend to live longer. So the study suggests that increasing the intake of these foods of these certain foods and decreasing the intake of processed grains and grain based processed foods is the strongest driver of this increase in life expectancy. Uh, and it said, quote, along with switching rice and pasta out with more beans or lentils as the carbohydrate at dinner, there's actually an easy rule of thumb to apply when selecting a grain to eat for breakfast and lunch. Under a food's total carbs, you know, on the, on the nutrition uh, facts on, on, the, on, the, on any food you buy, where it says total carbs, underneath that, there will be uh, carbs from fiber. And the percentage of carbs from fiber should be as high as you can make it. Yeah. When I'm looking at any given food, I'm looking for a high, like a highest percentage of carbs from fiber as I can get. Yeah. Because like you said, if uh, eating 1200 calories of fruit and vegetables, fruit and other sugary fibrous or fruit and nuts, let's call it Mm -hmm. eating 1200 calories of fruit and nuts versus eating 1200 calories of beer and pretzels is way better. It's the same calories, but one is way better than the other. So, well, yeah. I mean, think about uh, like what, what's the commonality between white flour, white bread, white rice, pretzels, and beer. They all react to simple sugars. Oh, okay. That's the okay. that's yeah. the main commonality right there. And so essentially our body is treating them as sugar and that's bad, yeah. you know? So, yeah. but you're right yeah. with so, more whole grain fibrous and all that. It's a lot, even honey. It's like honey is pure sugar, but it's more of a complex sugar than a simple, you know, coffee syrup, which, you know, here right. I am totally breaking the rule right now. 
<laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, but another interesting take from this article, which was totally unexpected, uh, was that in a previous meta-analysis from 2019, researchers found that all of all the randomized placebo-controlled trials done on red and processed meat consumption, there's no health benefit to be gained for limiting its consumption. Nice. Based on this article, that's the implication. So from that meta-analysis. So I thought that was really interesting. That, that, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and go nuts on, on steaks and hamburgers. Oh, yeah. The problem is there's a lot of debate these days. Yeah. And about everything. Yeah, well, exactly. And of course, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. Well, I prove this. Well, I've proven it this too. You know, and it's like, whatever. But what I've been reading too, and I've been reading this now for well over a decade is that you're right about the red meat thing that it's, and it's not even about the red meat in general. It's, it's about meat in general, because there was a whole China study that everybody keeps referring to. And it was this idea that, you know, meat is bad, right? But it's not, it's showing, you know, that that was actually a biased scenario too, because if you say, well, if I go eat McDonald's meat or I eat, you know, the meat of a, an animal that was, grazing in the wild, you know, and eating whatever it found out in the wild and wasn't fed antibiotics and, you know, crap. And that's the other thing too. Think about it this way. You're talking about all those white processed foods. If you Mm -hmm. feed your animal white processed foods and then you eat that animal's meat, you know, you're adopting it too. Yeah. Yeah. So if the animal eats healthier and then you eat that animal, then you're getting healthier meat as well, which is, I mean, it's just kind of like garbage in garbage out, right? Duh. So it's the same thing that it's not about necessarily meat in general. It's also about the quality of the meat and the sourcing of the meat too. But what basically a lot of the more modern researchers have found, and again, I've been reading this all over the place, is that it's less about the meat consumption and it's more about the, I'm not eating chips and beer and pretzels. I'm eating vegetables. Right. I'm still eating meat, but now my meat is healthier and I'm eating all these vegetables and they're seeing like it's the vegetable switch. It's the sourcing of the meat switch, not less meat versus more meat. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I have to, I have to correct something I said earlier. That study in 2019, it did not imply that you can eat all the red meat you want and, and it's, and it's not that bad for you. It implied that limiting red meat consumption, there's no health benefit for, to be gained from that. So in other words, people who, who almost, who, who ate very little to, if any red meat, weren't necessarily that much healthier or, or, you know, appreciably healthier than people who ate some amount of red meat and still consumed those legumes and whole grains and nuts, et cetera, that they're, that they're talking about. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, that has to be clarified. That's important. Yeah. I don't I, want to come off this podcast saying that eat all the red meat you want. No, Apparently no, no. And that's, okay. uh, yeah. And a lot of, <laughs> again, and that's the thing too, is like the, the Atkins diet was a big thing about just eat all the meat you want but they didn't really have a whole lot of vegetables involved with it. And that was kind of part of the problem. Right, and now, right. you know, keto is saying, okay, you can eat meat, but you really need to have vegetables and stuff too. So it's like a, it's like a correction. The mm. other thing too about carbs, and this is something I learned a long time ago, is that you don't really need carbs unless you're going to use them. So if you're going to go exercise or, you know, go to the weight room or play basketball or ride your bike or whatever, well then carbs are great. But if you're going to be sitting around at your right. desk working all day long, you don't need carbs that day, you know, and I'm terrible and about so that. Just, doesn't it just turn into fat when you do that? Yeah. I mean, isn't that the whole thing? Exactly. But it's, it, it was kind yeah. of another thing. And I was just like, I know I don't eat like that. And I should eat it, yeah. eat the carbs when I need it. And when I don't need it, don't eat them. To wrap this article up, it seems, it seems like the key to longevity, according to this article is that adding certain complex carbohydrates like legumes and nuts to one's diet in place of processed grains and carbs 
and maintaining a regular exercise, in other words, not sitting around all day, that's where you're going to get added years to your life. Yeah. Statistically, if you just do these simpler, more balancing things to your diet and your lifestyle, then you don't have to diet and you're going to be better off. I've seen too much evidence to say that sweeteners and you know the, the sugar-free stuff is just as bad, mm-hmm. if not worse for you than sugar is. Especially, like yeah, especially if you're a diabetic, your, your body treats it exactly the same. So, you know, okay. diet sodas, diet candies, they'll, or sugar-free candies or whatever they're called. According to the research that I've read, and it's been a lot, your body treats it the same way. So the whole point is that you got to get off it completely. Like now monk fruit, I know you, you use yeah. that. That's different because it's natural. It's kind of like dates, um, maple syrup, honey, and monk fruit are more of a natural kind of sweetener even though there's right. sugar and maple syrup and, and honey again, because well, but, of how it's made, but some of the other sweetener crap is, is really bad for you. Yeah. And monk fruit is I've, I've read is, and, and, and I've heard and heard, heard through you is, is it's diabetic friendly. It doesn't increase your glucose levels. Mm-hmm. So it works really well in my coffee. I mean, really well. I, I sweeten yeah. my coffee. Yeah. It tastes good. It tastes great. And I'm wondering why don't they, I, I wonder if there's a reason why they haven't made any uh, like soft drinks, you know, soft drinks are just inherently it's bad more expensive. for all sorts of reasons, but yeah, but why not make a more expensive soft drink out of monk fruit instead of Nobody will buy or it. aspartame or the people that drink soft drinks are not looking for something healthy. I mean, that's, yeah, but that's the thing. Like I love, I love sodas, but see what happens. I would love to have a good soda that's sweetened with something healthy just yeah. be in, in once in a while, you know, but even then, I don't know, man, that's a good question. We've done all kinds Coca-Cola of stuff with, with monk fruit. Yeah. Oh, Wouldn't that be awesome? Totally awesome. I don't know, but it, it's gotta be too expensive for them to try that. I do know too, that, um, there are limitations with monk fruit when it comes to certain cooking or baking. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, it well, is. If you're baking, yes, it's baking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's definitely weird things that happen. So, you know, it, and like coconut palm sugar is another one that has, you've got your glycemic index and then you've got your insulinemic. So oh, there's, there's okay. two different factors on that. I don't know exactly how that works, but I do know that like with milk, for example, the glycemic index is low, but the insulinemic response is high. And so it's still bad from a sugar standpoint. So you got to be careful with that too. And huh. again, I'm no scientist. This is just stuff I've read over the years and, and I'm not exactly the perfect model of it, but it's like one oh. of those things that I go, okay, I know. So if I really need to drop it, which I do, then make one change at a time. Maybe two. Yeah, we encourage we encourage you to do your own research and on this. But uh, yeah. But I thought that was a really interesting article, and and it's it's, it. it's encouraging. It's encouraging because you know it's not saying hey you have to go on this diet, you have to only eat this stuff. It's just a nice compromise is what it's telling you. So yeah. Well, you think about yeah. generations of old too, and you know it's like they ate more natural foods because there were not processed foods they didn't back have then. Processed foods, yeah. Yeah, but they ate a fairly balanced diet. You know, the thing is though, is that I think sugar back then was a little bit harder to come by. So oh, yeah, they certainly just didn't have as much sugar. I don't sugar think that is, is a salt fairly, either. Sugar is a, a, a fairly recent invention by humans. Uh, and within a, you know, a couple hundred, 300 years or something like that for uh, mass a, production a, a for few sure. Centuries ago. Yeah. A yeah. few centuries ago, your average human being didn't have access to sugar. Well, no, I mean, you uh, even talk about like really old times and honey was kind of a, a luxury. You know, even salt right. was a bit of a luxury. Salt well, and spices salt too, you know? worth a lot, yeah. Yeah, so salt you think about currency. You think about that and how easy it is to come by now 
And it's no wonder that we as a population are significantly unhealthier than we used to be. And then also right. most of us are about 90% more sedentary than our ancestors, oh, yeah. you know, used to be too. So you factor we can be, yeah. just, oh, and then stress levels because of social media. So you factor those three things in right now, stress, more access to sugar and salt and sedentary lifestyle. I mean, duh. <laughs> Strap in. We're going to crash. We're all going to die. <laughs> Hey, I got to mention something. I've been working on music and I mentioned this on the show before wanting to resume my music. And one of the things that I've also really wanted to do was re-record the stuff that I, I, so I originally recorded music that I composed on piano many, many years ago. So it was back. It's been a long time. Let's put it that way. It was on an old keyboard, old technology. It was recorded through a very old technology, an old technological way of doing it. Let's put it that way. Sure. And so the sound quality is not very good. So I've been wanting to re-record everything with modern technology better, you know, cause I, I don't do it on piano. I don't have a grand piano. I don't have a way to mic the piano up and have the acoustic treatment in a way that sounds like a nine foot Steinway or something. You know, if I did that, you know, you'd be spending a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money to go to a recording studio to do that more than I have. Sure. So the alternative is to get a keyboard, which has, as close to the modern sounds as possible, you know, they've, they've done their best to record actual grand pianos and stuff and they put it in the keyboard. And then of course you record it into the computer. The problem is, so I'm a performer, I'm a musician, I'm a, I'm a performer. In order to really utilize most recording software, you need to be a sound engineer or at least you need to have the knack for it. It is very, very complicated stuff. Now for those who are again, naturally gifted towards it, they're like, no, it's not, it's easy. But for those of us who, yeah, for those of us who are performers, now I'm a techie and I love computer stuff and all that, but I'm a performer first. So if I do that, I sit down in front of these things and I just go, I mean, literally my eyes are crossing and I'm just like, I, that's a lot. It's too, and and the other problem is I cannot be in performance mode and sound engineer mode at the exact same time. And it's like, Hey, let me play. Oh, let me turn around. Oh, let me play. And Oh, I, I can't do that. I've tried it. I failed miserably at it. So hence the reason why none of my music has been recorded. Too expensive to go to a recording studio, too complicated to try to do at home. So I felt like, well, I kind of gave up actually, but I had this kind of a desire in the last couple, actually about about a week ago now, week and a half ago to say, it's got to be easier now. Technology has improved so much. They've made things simpler. It's got to be easier. And so I'm seeking out, this is the thing I'm nerding out on. You know, I've got old keyboards that they don't have that kind of technology and all that kind of thing. So, you know, you can get keyboards that are direct USB and so they're MIDI controllers and stuff. And so they actually are, you know, you can control them in the actual program. You can pull in. So for example, Alicia Keys, great pianist, you know, she's done a lot of great R&B music over the years. She's got this gorgeous piano and they actually recorded her piano and you can use her piano sound as your piano sound. So there's things like that, or they've recorded a nine foot Steinway or a Bosendorfer or something like that. Oh, that's you cool. put them in and it sounds like it. And then of course, what's even really cool is if you use your, your electric piano or electronic uh, pedal, it'll actually have the pedal sound from the piano. They recorded it too. So you hear that like, you know, it's really neat. Interesting. There's just wow. so many cool things they've done lately. The sounds are better. They still haven't mastered strings very well, but all that being huh. said is that, okay, that's cool. And seems like the cheapest option is to buy like a, a MIDI control 88 key keyboard that I, it doesn't have any of its own sounds, but it uses the sounds inside of the recording software. But then again, how easy is the recording software? And that's where I'm getting stuck. So I'm not finding uh, out 
it doesn't seem like it's any easier than it used to be. Unfortunately, mm. really got to. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated because it's like, well, the years go by and I'm not getting my music out there and I want to do this, but this is just not friendly for someone who's not a sound engineer or just doesn't understand that stuff. You're not just saying all this to let us all down. Like, Oh, you're going to do your music. Oh, you can't. No, do I'm, okay. I'm trying, you're, you're but I don't, out, you're putting it out there for in case someone listening says, Hey, I know a, a way you can do that. Brian, that would be awesome. You know, if, yeah, <laughs> if there's someone who knows how, or has an idea like this program's amazing, doesn't break the bank or, you know, I know of a MIDI controller keyboard, 88 key, by the way, there's a lot of them out there that are like 30, some 31 keys and four. I'm like, Dude, I use the whole freaking keyboard when I play. I am all it's, over the place. Not enough octaves. Yeah, That's I was trained so classically. That, I mean, the shorter keyboards must have a, a like a shift setting where you can go to the higher octaves or lower octaves. Yeah, but I think a lot of the if you if you listen to a lot of electronic music, which is what a lot of these people use them for, mm-hmm. EDM style, chill, whatever you want to call it, you know, they're sitting in like on a couple of notes, and it's just repeating, repeating, and repeating. Okay. It's a lot of synth okay. stuff. Now, granted, I don't Classical. compose classically, but because I was trained classically, that does, I have elements of that in there. So I'm all right. over the place in my music uh, and I need the full 88 keys. There's just no way around that. So there's right. gotta be hmm. something. And yeah, if anyone knows, man, I, I would love to, I don't know what to do, hmm. but I'm trying. I mean, I know a lot of people keep asking me about my music and it's like, I'm not, it's not that I'm not doing it. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it so that it's easy because there's nothing worse to kill the creativity than when you're stumped on a problem solving issue. Yeah, dude, that's where I'm at. Put it out to the universe. See where, see what comes back. I know, man, it's true. <laughs> Since we were just talking about music, how about I recommend three songs and then we'll wrap up and, uh, you know, call it yeah. a day. Cause next Sounds week good. though, I do want to talk about the M night Shyamalan movie that came out recently called old. And okay. I think it was last year that it came out. I finally watched it. I want to talk about that next week. It was very interesting. Uh, I finished Murderville. Actually, Sarah and I both watched it, which is an interesting thing. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, oh, cool. you've been playing a couple games. I know that you wanted to recommend that are, are cool. I want to hear about yeah. that. So we'll get into that next Thanks, week. But uh, three songs really quickly here, man. Uh, the first one here, this one surprised me. Okay. I'm going to tell you this right now. It's by uh, Avi Ka- Kaplan, Joy Williams. Now, Joy Williams has done more in the, I don't know if she's like folk, almost country now. But huh. I met her when she was 16 years old and she was just breaking into the, the music industry and she was a pop musician at the time. And I had a great conversation with her and all that, you know, but she was just kind of like, you know, she's young and all that beautiful voice. And so it's cool to hear that she's still doing music, but it's yeah. this song called all as well. And I'm listening to this. It just kind of popped up. It was one of those, um, you know, discover Spotify things. Right. And it's got this folk, almost country sound. And you know how much I really don't like country. Yeah, <laughs> but I loved this song. I loved it. We That's really why I said it surprised me. I was like, this is, this is fascinating. So it's a good song. Anyway, it's worth listening to. And then another one that's also kind of very fascinating is Simmel, S-Y-M-L. And I've mentioned him before and all that, but he does some interesting music. This song though was such a, it was different from his normal music and it's called Sweet Home. And it's kind of like a cross between like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young or uh, like a Peter, Paul and Mary, but modern. It, it's it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like this old school style with a modern flair, and it's just kind of like, huh. oh, okay, I like this. It's it's really fun. So check that one out. And then uh, Kygo and I don't know how is it dance or dunce or DNCE. It's got it's got to be dance. It's probably DNCE, but you know, honestly, I don't know, and I feel stupid for not knowing. But oh well, they did. Don't feel stupid. Yeah, whatever. They did a song called Dancing Feet old. Together, and it's awesome. It's awesome, dude churches and Paris and Sercina and they all have like the V instead of the U and the, yeah, the, the that's the thing now a instead of the A or yeah. 
It's bizarre. All of this is going to be in the TRBS 2022 Spotify playlist. Follow the playlist. And if you're not on Spotify, go get the songs and then put it into whatever you listen to. But there you go. It'll be in the show notes, of course, for the podcast and the description below for the YouTube channel. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. They say you are what you eat. And I used to eat a lot of pretzels, but I never much felt like a pretzel. Now that I'm eating more nuts, I can finally come out as a nut job. Oh, you know what the music means. My goodness. Thank you for joining us, though. We've got show notes. We've got links. We've got all kinds of good stuff in the show notes and description below on YouTube and you know all the good stuff. So if you want to check it out, do it, you know. Hey, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Keep in touch. We always love hearing from you. Have a glorious week. Hope this was encouraging and positive and fun and happy. But uh, hey, Real Brian Show, sign it up. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.